0: Welcome to Open Mic with Mike Sherboneau, the show that provides Christian insights into contemporary, moral, and ethical values, and dives deep into how your faith in Jesus changes the way you live your life. Now, here's your host, Mike Sherbineau.
1: Hey, welcome, everybody, on this uh, great Saturday evening. Glad you're joining into the program uh, here on Open Mic. Tonight, we're going to uh, deal with a subject that strikes really close to home for, I think, just about everyone. We're going to talk about marriage. You know, Valentine's Day is uh, way there in the rearview mirror. But we want to bring that back into focus and talk about what it is that we do that breaks down our relationships, but especially what can we be doing that builds up relationships. And so I hope you'll call into the program. We'd love to hear from you tonight at those numbers, 835-5000 if you're in the Buffalo area. And then one 800 684 Four eight for all of our friends outside of the Buffalo area and those in Canada as well. So tonight, as we uh, unpack the program, I just want to read to you something that I came across a little while ago, as we kind of unpack the whole thing about why relationships break down and how they can go south so quickly. So whether you're in a marriage relationship, maybe you're out of it right now, uh, maybe you're in a a common-law relationship. Maybe you're dating right now, and you're, you're trying to think, hey, is this the right person for me? Uh, I think there's something here tonight that you're going to gravitate to. One of the, the realities of being a pastor for so many years is I've, for over 35 years, I've counseled families and couples, and... Uh, I've often said you nothing will surprise me anymore, and yet I always hear another twist to the story, and many times it's painful. But I'm also happy to say that when people learn the principles that I'm going to be sharing tonight, that you can have an incredible relationship. But here, let's start with this story. Uh, it was about a husband who was trying to be sensitive towards his wife. And this is not made up. This is just how it spills out. It was their 10th anniversary, and so he runs out to Hallmark to get a card real quick. He rushes home, he signs the card, and he even puts a little heart above her name. Been there, done, that one. He leaves it on the dresser so that she can read it before he takes her, her out for dinner. And she looks at it and opens it and then begins to cry. Well, wondering what he has done wrong, he says, now what? What is wrong with the card? She said, well, it's not bad, I guess, for a tenth birthday card. Uh, the husband, who is pretty sensitive and picks up on his wife's disappointments, tries to salvage the situation. He says to her, no way, unbelievable. I couldn't have screwed up like that. And uh, and then he looks and says, no, you're unbelievable. Now the husband blinks in front of his wife's growing rage. He knows that he's a sensitive guy. He's even bought her a present and says, well, honey, I made an honest mistake. Give me a break. Give me a break, she says, an honest mistake Oh, it was an honest mistake, all right, because you just don't care. Do you know what? If you took your car in to be detailed and they put a stripe on the side that was an inch off, you would notice that. Why? Because you care. But you don't care about our anniversary and you don't care about me. (laughs) Now, at this moment, the husband can't believe it. He is moving from feeling guilty to getting angry. Guys, can you identify with this? What he thought would be a loving celebration of their 10th anniversary has become a conflict that is escalating fast. And then he says, hey, I made an honest mistake, all right? Give me a break. Good grief. And then she says, you buy me a birthday card on our 10th anniversary, and you expect me not to be upset. I would rather you not have bought me anything at all. Now, the husband's been on the defensive, but now his pulse rate is up. He's tried to do the loving thing, and all his wife can do is say nasty things. He says, you know what? The way you're talking, I'm glad that I got you a birthday card for our anniversary. And on that parting, brilliant shot, he storms out the room and, of course, slams the door for effect. Now, folks, as you're listening tonight, let me remind you that all this has happened in less than two minutes. And this couple, who truly love each other, who've come home expecting to spend a wonderful romantic evening together, are now sitting at opposite ends of the house. They're trying to figure it out. And they're saying to each other, this is crazy. And you know what? Craziness happens when we do the same things over and over again with the same ill effect. And it seems that marriage and any kind of relationship can often be the fertile ground for this kind of craziness. Now, ironically, there are more books being published on marriage today than ever before. Yet marriages are falling apart at record rates. Why is that? Why is it so easy to find fault with the other person? Uh, It's easy to see what the other person should change and how you could make them into a better person, but a good place to stop and reflect is over the question, if you as a husband, would you want your daughter to marry someone like you, or as a wife, would you want your son to marry someone like you? Now, we're going to be unpacking all sorts of things tonight on the program, but I do hope you'll call in. That number is 835-5000 or 1-800-684-2848. So why don't you get on the line and call in? Maybe you're dealing with a situation in your marriage, and uh, you just want to call in and talk about it. Or maybe you're in a relationship that has ended. Perhaps you're dealing with the whole issue of singleness, and you're wondering, can I actually be whole as a single person? Hey, a long time ago, someone wrote a book that one is a whole number. And I like that because, you know, until you get yourself figured out, you can't really go into another relationship and and really contribute in a meaningful and purposeful way. But, you know, frustration often grows in a relationship out of poor communication. And poor communication leads to conflict. And conflict often happens when my wife doesn't see things my way, when she doesn't hear things my way or do things my way. And it's frustrating, generally, because we think we're being crystal clear when actually what we're saying is kind of garbled. It's like static on your cell phone. And conflict is awful to watch between people. And it's even worse when you're in the midst of it. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I've observed that as a counselor or as a pastor, it's like I want to grab people who are having conflict in a manner to... Do you remember the Three Stooges? There was Larry and Moe and Curly. Moe had the straight hair, Larry had the frizzled, and Curly, well, he had none. And whenever Curly and Larry had pulled a stupid one... Mo would pull them together by the ears and knock their heads together, calling them stupid nincompoops. Now, that word, nincompoop, is not in the dictionary. Yet, I would venture to say that it's a cross between someone who is stubborn, possibly selfish, and more than likely insensitive to the pain they are causing others. Now, let's just pause for a moment. Are you a person who has caused pain? Have you thought about that in a relationship? I can't think of the number of times when I have sat with a guy in my office, and a lot of times it's when the relationship is really on rocky ground. Maybe there's been a separation. And I would say to the guy, you know, if I was to ask you, what are two things or three things that your wife would love for you to do and you haven't done, would you be able to tell me? And invariably, they always answer, well, sure, absolutely. I could tell you something. And, uh, and yet what happens? They hear those things, and they just go on, and they ignore it. And they don't want to address the subject, nor do they want to change it. You see, and that's just where conflict breeds. When if you're the silent person, and you just kind of shut down, or maybe you're thinking, I don't really want to change that. I don't want to do something different. Then what happens is that there is just... Uh, a wall that you are building, bigger uh, than any wall that any president, uh, not mentioning any, but bigger than any wall that is being built right now. You know, when you read in the book of Ephesians, the Bible says that one of the ministries of the Lord Jesus Christ is the ministry of reconciliation by his Spirit. And it says that he breaks down the wall of hostility, what a beautiful picture that is. So we think about that, and, uh, and let me pause, and we think about maybe the wall that has gone up in your relationship right now. I believe that it was the writer Christopher Morley who said that if everyone had only five minutes to live, every phone booth in the world would be occupied by someone. Well, you can tell that, was, that statement was made probably 30 years ago, because it's hard to find a phone booth these days. But you can imagine if Christopher Morley was saying it today, he would say that that every cell phone in the world would be, uh, uh, you know, being used. The, the airwaves would be jammed because each person would want to send out final words of affection and affirmation. You know, words like, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? I love you. Someone has said that relationships are the stuff which good families are made of. But bad relationships are a dime a dozen. Probably everyone could write a book on relationships that have soured. But good relationships are a rare commodity. And good relationships within a family are sometimes as scarce as hen's teeth. Hey, I don't know about you, but I want to help you tonight to... Think about what you can do to improve on your marriage relationship. Or maybe you're in a dating relationship right now and you've found something that hurt that really works. Why don't you call in and contribute to the program tonight? The number is 835-5000. For those in the Buffalo area, to all our Canadian friends and those that are farther afield, it's 1-800-684-2848. Can I encourage you to get on the phone and call in? You know, many times when you call in, your perspective helps to shape a person's thinking. Hey, you know, they'll stay, maybe I'm not alone. And a lot of times when a relationship starts to go south, people start to internalize. They start to keep everything within themselves. And that becomes a really unhealthy place to be. Are you doing that in your life? I hope not. You know, in relationships, I've observed that people send out their own SOS distress signals, or it's the really their cry for help. And here's, here's how people cry out. Listen with me. I'll use a little bit of humor, but uh, the humor strikes pretty close to home. You know, at the SOS, uh, the first ask, you know what it stands for? It stands for smoke them. Huh. What do I mean by that? Well, one typical response is to get as many shots in before the other person can respond, much like a boxing match. And in a marriage relationship or a dating relationship, one person is typically more adept at getting their point across faster than others. Shots like, you're not a cook, you're an arsonist. Or can't you do anything right? You are just like your mother or your father. And if your family means that much to you, well then go live with them. And that's uh, that's the smoke them thing. You know, the person who can just fire it out. You might be surprised, but even though I do a lot of talking, when I'm in a, a situation that is escalating, and somebody is throwing out the shots, I'm not quick to respond. I'm the kind of person that likes to take about, you know, four or five minutes just to process things things over in my mind. And many times, it's about 12 or 24 hours later, I thought, why didn't I just think about that? Now, gratefully, my wife doesn't verbally attack me like that. I, I am just so fortunate. I got, I married way above my pay grade, and uh, what God gave to me in Terry is just an amazing, incredible gift. But, you know, if she wanted to, she could just kind of overwhelm me. And many times when I'm in a counseling situation with a couple and they're going at each other, what I have to do is to say to the one person who's more aggressive, you need to pull back and let's hear from your partner, whether it's the husband or wife, so that they have a chance to get a word in edgewise. You see, sometimes if you're always throwing things out like that, if you're always quick to put other people down, if you're always quick to win the argument, if you're always that kind of person, you might think that everyone is agreeing with you but oftentimes that is the farthest thing from the truth it's just many times they've given up trying to give a word in edgewise but what's with the sos thoughts let's just do the other two before we go to the break tonight the the second one is when you're obnoxious and this reproach this response rather is a little more sophisticated perhaps someone uh, could say that they have a more haughty approach. And this is how it sounds. The statement goes a bit like this Well, it was obvious to me what is wrong with you. And they defend themselves through intimidation or put downs. It's like when, if I was to look at someone and say, You know, it's obvious to me what your problem is. Do you not get it? And that person could be just standing there with a blank look on their face. And I might be able to win that argument, but I'm going to lose the war of relationships with that person. Some of the extreme examples of how this is played out is where you have a moral opinion and you're being interviewed. And, and what is happening when you are being questioned is that you're being made to feel inferior. And unfortunately, this is far too common a way for husband and wife to put each other down. So there's the... The first one, smoke them, and then being just obnoxious, kind of haughty, I'm better than you. And so often, uh, a wife will be uh, come across much more haughty than the husband. And oftentimes, I've seen the husband who just has that air of indifference and just tries to blow her off. But what's the, th- the third one? Unfortunately, this one falls more often than not with the guys, and that's the silent treatment, the SOS. And the silent treatment can cause as much conflict as the other two. And generally, men are the worst offenders, but certainly many ladies can hold their own. The Bible talks about not letting the sun go down on your anger. But when someone goes silent, what happens is that you use a manipulative tool. I've even seen where children have used that to punish um, their parents. They just shut down. I remember speaking with a Christian mother whose 45-year-old son was abusive to his wife. And she wouldn't confront him, nor would the father, because she told me the last time that they confronted him for his behavior, he didn't speak to his own parents for 10 years. And it was no wonder that his third wife wanted out of the marriage after 10 days. That's right, his third wife after 10 days. I remember talking to her, and she was just beyond herself. She said, I married him, I loved him, I want to communicate. Something he didn't like happened in the first 10 days of our marriage, and he has not talked to me for days on end. And people who use a silent treatment justify it by foolish arguments, such as, I told you once, and if you didn't hear me the first time, then you can suffer. Well, we're going to talk more about that tonight in the program, but we're going to run to a break right now. We're going to be right back as we listen to a couple of, um, of our sponsors of the program tonight, and I hope that you'll consider calling in tonight as we want to talk about how to make a good thing better, how to make that relationship you're in just shine. I'm going to be right back after the break.
2: Young adults are searching out who to be and how to live. Briarcrest College and Seminary wants to see them find the way of Jesus. With strategic mentorship and a safe community, Briarcrest College and Seminary calls young adults to dig in the scripture, seek God's kingdom, and find faith that lasts. Briarcrest College is located in Karenport, Saskatchewan. It's made up of a partnership of three Christ-centered, Bible-anchored, ministry-focused schools. Check out briarcrest.ca today to find out more. That's briarcrest.ca.
0: Welcome back to Open Mic with Mike Sherbino. Have a question for Mike? Phone lines are open. Call now at 800-684-2848 or
1: 883-5000. Hey, we're glad you're back with us. We're talking about that big M subject tonight, marriage, and how to make it better. Uh, maybe it's the R subject, relationship. And uh, the, regardless of the relationship you're in tonight, uh, what can you do to contribute to make it a better situation? And perhaps you're thinking, you're listening to the program tonight, and I said I'm not in a relationship at all. Um, I've, I've messed up, I blew it, and it just fell apart. Well, I want to encourage you to use this season of your life as a time to rebuild, to rethink and say, what did I do well in that relationship? What did I do wrong? What am I going to learn from it? And what is God teaching me right now? What is it that he's saying to me? Because I find these principles, they... They move into so many different areas of our life. And so often what happens is that, you know, we'll spend three, four years and thousands of dollars going to university, to prepare for a career. And people get married without any preparation, without understanding where they're coming from. So we've been talking a little bit about things that cause conflict. Let me just flip it around for a moment. I want to talk about how to communicate in a healthy way. I got so much to say in the subject. I'm just trying to, you know, to to piece it all together tonight so that we can address some issues, you know, we can raise the red flag, but we can also say maybe it's time I put up the white flag, saying I'm gonna surrender. And then here's the bigger one. It's coming to the point of saying, Am I willing to learn some new things? You know, Henry David Thoreau said it takes two to speak the truth, one to speak, and another to hear. Wow, I like that. But here's something that maybe you've heard, but possibly you're not practicing. When you communicate, think about what is called assertive and active listening. Uh, Those are two important things when you talk and when you listen. I'm going to come back and explain this more and more, but let me just jump in for a moment. Assertiveness is this. It's the ability to express your feeling and ask for what you want in a relationship. Many times in a relationship, and often it's with uh, the woman, she doesn't say what she really wants. Her knight in shining armor, somehow, once she said, I do, the the armor starts to get a little uh, tarnished because he just keeps going on and doing his own thing, and he is acting insensitive to her. And she is just overwhelmed, and she's thinking, what happened? Well, I would suggest that likely in that relationship, she's not the assertive one and you need to learn to speak up. You need to learn to communicate. Assertiveness is a valuable communication skill, and in successful couples, both individuals tend to be quite assertive. Assertive, uh, rather than assuming their partner can read their minds, they share how they feel and ask clearly and directly for they want. You know, last night, my wife and I were out for supper, and we're sitting with a a couple who are younger than us, and we were just talking about marriage. And I remember saying one time that, you know, I wasn't the assertive one, and I was getting very frustrated with my wife. And she looked at me, Terry looked at me, and this would be a number of years ago. She said, how do you expect me to understand what you want if you don't communicate it? So here I am. I'm the marriage counselor. I'm the pastor. I deal with all sorts of couples, but when it came into my own marriage, I I was expecting her to read my mind. Now, why was that? I knew better, but that was the way that I was shaped when I grew up, and that was kind of my default position, that you never asserted yourselves uh, by demanding or using I statements. Um, You know, Let's just think about this assertive thing for a few more minutes, because I hope that it will help you uh, as you learn to communicate. You see, assertive individuals take responsibility for their messages by using I statements. They avoid statements beginning with you. You know, in making a constructive request, they're positive and respectful in their communication, and they'll use polite phrases such as please and thanks. So here's an example. I'm feeling out of balance while I love spending time with you, I also want to spend time with my friends. I would like us to find some time to talk about this. Now, that's a great example because many times in a a new marriage relationship, uh, you can get smothered by the other person. And so you have to kind of carve out a healthy boundary. Someone, uh, another example might be as you're planning further ahead. Uh, and it would be something like this when it comes to vacation planning. I want to take a ski vacation next winter, but I know you like to go to the beach. I'm feeling confused about what choice we should make. So there you're stating what it is that you want, and yet you're giving a window of opportunity for your partner, your spouse, to speak into that situation. So that's what assertiveness looks like. It's not being domineering. It's not being a dictator. It's not screaming. It's not yelling. It's just clearly and politely expressing what you want, but you're giving an invitation for the other person to speak back to you. So that's a helpful thing with communicating. The second part of that, though, is active listening. And active listening is letting your partner know how you understand them by restating their message. So Good communication depends on you carefully listening to another person. An active listening involves listening attentively without interruption and then restating what was heard. Now folks, I messed up in that area so often. My wife would start to share her problem or frustration and I'd wanna go to the defensive right away. I'd interrupt her. Um, I would want to either, if I wasn't on the defensive, I was wanting to explain to her a better way to do it. You know, the typical guy, I wanted to solve all their problems. Now some of you have been listening to the program and you know that I also, we also have five daughters. Wow, what a learning curve that was. And I discovered that for many of my daughters, what they simply wanted from me was not to solve their problem, but just, first of all, to listen. And sometimes the listening would take 15, 20, maybe even a half an hour. And sometimes it would mean we'd be driving in the car, and it might be even a half an hour before they began to speak, just as they processed their thoughts. You see, Just like I said earlier, some people are very quick to verbalize the deep inner feelings, but others take time for it to come out. And in a good relationship, you want to be aware of that. Oh, it's easy for all of us to do elevator talk. You know, hi, how are you? Fine, good, goodbye, and all that stuff. But it's a whole other thing to go uh, deeper in our relationship. You know, as someone said, you can talk to the hat. That's like those little things, hi, how are you? Or you can talk to the head. Um, you know, which means, you know, what would you like for dinner tonight? They're simple yes and no uh, questions. Do you want to go to a restaurant or should we cook something together? But it's a whole other thing when you talk to the heart and say, tell me how you're feeling, tell me what's going on inside, or can I share with you what's happening inside of me? So you see, I need to be assertive in communicating what I want, but I also need to be attentive. I need to actively listen to my wife. And I can't do that if I'm reading the newspaper. I can't do that if I'm watching television. And to be really honest, what bugs my wife and also bugs you is if you're talking to someone and they're on their phone and they say, oh, I can multitask. I can hear you, but you're not looking eyeball to eyeball uh, in uh, in each other's eyes and saying, are we communicating? Are we hearing? And so, you know, tonight as I'm doing the program, I want to make sure that you're not uh, just listening. I want to give you that opportunity to speak. So why don't you call in. Our lines are wide open tonight. The number in Buffalo is 835-5000. Love to hear from you tonight. And 1-800-684-2848 to all of our friends in Canada, eh? 1-800-684-2848. You see, when each person knows what the other person feels and wants which is the assertive communication. And when each knows that they have been heard and understood, which is active listening, intimacy is increased. And those two communication skills will help you grow so much as a couple. It becomes really powerful what happens as you learn to communicate and talk that way. And you know what? I gave out that number wrong. The Buffalo number is 883-5000. So no wonder you've been calling on the wrong number. So that was poor communication, 883-5000. And in Canada, it's 1-800-684-2848. Okay, we're going to move on a little bit as we talk uh, more about marriage and relationship. And I want to digress for a moment to the Old Testament. You see, In the Old Testament, Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, wrote these words in Proverbs 24, verse 3. He said, By wisdom, a house is built, and through understanding, it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Okay, what on earth is he talking about? You know, while advice is as common uh, as the cold, good advice can be like a rare jewel. And this tiny portion of Scripture has helped me immensely as I've pondered what it means to be a great husband and a great father. He says you need to build your house with wisdom. And that wisdom is a reference to the whole gamut of experience. It's from a person who is a craftsman to one who needs wisdom to lead a country. But there's also the implication that this is a person who is perceptive and wise. It refers to the person who understands the power of verbal and nonverbal communication. It is wisdom that is expressed, you ready for this, with prudence. And that kind of wisdom is characterized by how you speak and the tone with which you speak. If you want to create a great home, a great family atmosphere, think about how you communicate. Are you building with wisdom, even with the words that you say? Do you quick to fly off the handle? Do you quick to, uh, you know, use sarcasm? That can be so deadly and devastating. Solomon says, build your house with wisdom, and the idea of building your home refers not just to the construction of a single home, but even a city. And it seems that somehow, I think, when we understand these principles in our own lives, and then it spreads into the church, that's going to impact the whole city, the whole country. But Solomon says, if you're going to build, you need to do it through understanding. And that's the word we refer to as discernment, which leads us to understanding, for instance, it's one thing to be able to drive a nail into a piece of wood, and hey, I'm good at doing that. I love banging nails into the wood. Uh, But it's a whole other thing to know how to put up a building. And that's what he refers to through understanding. We can talk about protecting our children from harmful sun rays, but laugh if we talk about screening their viewing habits or censoring what they might be watching or listening to on their phones. We're called to build with understanding, and we're also called to build with the future in mind. And that's summed up in the word, by wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Wow, the word established is just a rich word. It gives a feeling of something that is both firm and straight. It's often used in the context of preparing a meal and the planning that goes into it. You know, I'm not a cook, I'm an arsonist. My wife is an incredible cook and chef, and when I think about planning that meal, it's when she's doing a a large family gathering, and about a week in advance, she's already thinking through when she's going to buy the food, when she's going to start preparing it, because you just can't snap your fingers and expect to feed 15 or 20 people. It just doesn't work that way. And so it says, when you build with the future in mind, it's build with planning, when things are well-planned and established, there's an incredible sense of well-being. And you know some things that give that sense of well-being? Here they are, just before we go to the next break. First of all, it's respect for each other, even for your children. And then secondly, if you're the parent, have rules that are reasonable. Did you catch that word? That are reasonable. And then give words that give encouragement. Encouragement words of encouragement are so important, and then actions that are consistent. Actions that are consistent and values that are timeless. And how a mom and dad treat each other becomes a model for their children to follow. As you begin to think about that, we want to come back and talk more about how we build a relationship. You know, how we keep Valentine's Day uh, perking along every day of the year. We're going to be right back after this break.
3: Sim is a 125 year old catalyst for global missions to use your skills to share the gospel and make disciples in communities where he is least known. We are convinced that no one should live and die without hearing God's good news. We have hundreds of projects around the world that many of our ministry workers are involved in. One of these projects we would love for you to get involved with is Hidden Abilities in Ethiopia. Over 10 years ago, Sim Canada Ministry workers, John and Phyllis Coleman, adopted twin girls from Southern Ethiopia, long after their three natural born children were grown. The twins were very premature and one has cerebral palsy. The goal of Hidden Abilities is to identify children with disabilities, assess them, link them to available services, PROVIDE PHYSICAL AND OCCUPATIONAL THERAPY WITH THE GOAL OF THEM ENTERING SCHOOL IF ALL POSSIBLE. WOULD YOU BE WILLING TO SUPPORT THE MINISTRY OF HIDDEN ABILITIES SO CHILDREN CAN BE REACHED WITH THE GOSPEL THIS CHRISTMAS? DON'T LET THIS OPPORTUNITY PASS YOU BY. GO TO WWW.SIM.CA FORWARD SLASH PROJECTS FORWARD SLASH HIDDEN OR CALL 1-800-294-6918.
0: Welcome back to Open Mic with Mike Sherboneau. Have a question for Mike? Phone lines are open. Call now at 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. Hey,
1: welcome back to Open Mic. And uh, I'm Dr. Mike Sherboneau. So glad to be with you. You know, one of the neatest things that has happened to me is... Uh, what we've been a part of recently, and, and I just want to pause here for a couple of minutes before we go back to talking about the marriage relationship, and I want to talk a little bit about a new relationship that I've started with uh, people that God is sending into uh, a building here in on 455 Geneva Street in St. Catharines. Uh, it's a place now that we call North End Church. And North End Church uh, came into being by God's grace on November 18th. And I'm just blown away by the incredible people that have started to come to the church. I don't know where you're at in your spiritual journey, but if you're in the Niagara region and you don't have a church home and you're looking for a place, love to have you come. If you're already plugged into a church, that's great. But if you don't have a church family or saying, you know, I just need a fresh start— Uh, maybe you've got questions about God and you're just saying, I I just want to be able to come and and listen and and think and process, I think you'll like North End. Uh, We're at that interesting stage where, uh, to our great delight and surprise, a lot of people have started to come. But we're also seeing where, where people are starting to find out and saying, you know, I've had dreams about what I'd love to do, and I believe that one of the things that God called me to do when I came to the St. Catharines area was to provide a launching pad for people that they could live out their dreams. Maybe you could feel a call to ministry. We'd love to help mentor you and encourage you uh, in ministry. Um, our church is affiliated with the uh, Mennonite Brethren denomination in Canada, but just, what that really means is that we're just uh, a community church. We love Jesus. We love his word, and people from all sorts of backgrounds uh, are coming to the church. So we want you to know that you are really welcome and part of the the dream that i have is seeing uh, a city uh, experience god's grace in their marriages and seeing relationships restored, and people coming to newness and wholeness of life. So often I've seen people go through life and they're so sad because they've missed out on their kingdom potential. Maybe their marriage has gone south and they feel, hey, there's no room for me. I've failed. I've blown it. Or, or maybe something else has happened. Maybe they've been offended. Or, or, you know, we're watching the horrific stories that are coming out uh, of some churches that have just disappointed people because of inappropriate behavior or action. And I don't know what it is that you're feeling. Maybe you're one of those people who say, you know, Christians are just hypocrites. I want to talk about those tough things, but I want to remind you that in the midst of the process, that you need to be in a community of people because you're never going to find perfect people. Years ago, a man once said to me, his name was Charlie Leach. He said, Michael, if you find a perfect church, don't go to it because you're going to wreck it. And I've always remembered that statement because... We oftentimes hold people up to a higher standard than we even hold up for ourselves. So what we're trying to do at North End Church is to create a place where people can experience Jesus in a fresh way. We believe in his power to change lives, to forgive us of our sins. We believe in his power to heal, to set people free. So regardless of the addiction, regardless of what you might be struggling with, this is a place for broken people. If you're perfect, you don't need to come. And we're a church, and uh, tomorrow is an exciting day for me because after being gathering here for about three months, we're going to preach the vision message of the church. And we believe that everyone's welcome, that nobody's perfect, And anything is possible. We believe that God can do above and beyond what we could ever ask or think. So if you want to be part of a new dream, if you want to have a place where you can paint your picture on the walls, where you can experience Christ in a fresh way, I hope that you will come. Because, you see, as we're talking about relationships, uh, I'm also cognizant of the fact that the way that you build churches is critical. And so relationships are a high priority for me. And as we begin to think about how God has been orchestrating putting this church together, uh, we know that it's important to have the right building blocks. And some of those building blocks we're going to unpack right now in the context of marriage. But you can be sure that it's critical for your relationship with your children. Uh, It can be critical for your relationship with your siblings, for where it is that you work, and also in the local church while solomon is writing these words and remember we we're reading out of proverbs 24 verse 3 it says by wisdom a house is built and through understanding it is established through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures so as we unpack this truth tonight I want to remind you, love to hear your story. You got a question about marriage, a situation, something's just not been working out, why don't you call in right now? Those numbers are eight eight three five thousand or 1-800-684-2848. So here it is. I think if we're going to fill our house with knowledge, as through knowledge its rooms are filled, I kind of like thinking that is fill your house with the right furniture. Now, we just moved to the area, and uh, so we had to buy some furniture. And my wife, I mean, she's got an art for that. She knows how to pick it out, what is going to be the right piece that's going to give that unique touch to our house. And there are three types of furniture that come with this passage. You're saying, where do you get this from, Mike? Well, it says, through knowledge, its rooms are filled. And that idea of knowledge has three special meanings. Let me unpack it for you. The first is flexibility. It's a knowledge that talks about flexibility. So if you're stubborn or pig-headed, you need knowledge. When Solomon uses the word knowledge, it's a reference to knowledge that is gained through the senses. Now, have you ever heard someone say, or maybe you've said it, this is the way that it is, and that is final. That is not knowledge, folks. The knowledge that Solomon is talking about will say, you know, the approach didn't work. Maybe I need to try something different. When I do marriage counseling with families, I run into a lot of pig-headed people who are determined to do things one way and not flex. And the Bible calls that in Psalm 94 verse 10, "folly." And we say, "Oh, you know what, this is the way he's always been." But I watch and I watch as people tolerate wrong behavior, and then as people continue to express wrong behavior. Solomon says, build your house with knowledge, which is flexibility, but there's also something else in here. The knowledge means to have an alarm system. Now, the word rooms in this passage, through knowledge its rooms are filled, is the updated version of what used to be referred to in the Middle East as chambers, and it speaks of a place where there was privacy, where both good and bad could happen. See, each of us have a choice as to what we make our homes into. It can be a place of refuge, a place to unwind, and a place where husband and wife look forward to coming home. It's a safe place or haven where opinions and ideas can be shared and conversation can be encouraged. Hey, one of the greatest gifts that my wife has given to me is that she, are you ready for this? She's never criticized me in public. (laughs) Have I deserved it? Absolutely. And there were times I came home and I'd be hot under the collar, had a head full of steam, and I wanted to say something. And she said, you're not going to talk about that in front of the kids. She said, let's go to the room. Let's go to a private place into our bedroom and we would close the door. And that had to be, we learned that that was the safe place where we could talk and dialogue together. You need that in your home, because you see, you need the right place where you can have open and honest communication, not where you walk in the door and just blow up. You see, if that happens, and I do that in front to my wife, my children are going to see it, and they're going to think that's the normal way to behave and to carry on, and it's not. So hey. If you're going to have knowledge, you might have had bad things modeled to you, but you don't have to use those things as an excuse any longer. You can change. And then here's the third part of this knowledge. Not just is it flexibility, not does it just speak of that built-in alarm system, that place, that safe haven where you can go, but it speaks of a tempered temperament. You know, it Solomon uses the word, your house is filled with rare and beautiful treasure. And that phrase is used to describe the moon when it is moving across the sky in all its splendor. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. And that's found in the book of Job 31, verse 26. The same is used in Proverbs 17, verse 27 to indicate, you ready for this? Here's the tempered temperament. It indicates a cool or controlled disposition. The Bible says that a man or woman of understanding is even-tempered. We need to ask the Lord to give us an even temperament. You will not create beautiful memories if you were going off half-cocked all the time. If you're going off, blowing up, and flying off the handle, that can be just so, so devastating. And then, you need to fill your house with living memories. Now, as a pastor, we've moved across the country and we've lived in a lot of homes. There are days when uh, I kind of am jealous of people who've stayed in one place for 30 years, but that's not what God called us to do. And a long time ago, my wife and I realized that we needed to create memories apart from just bricks and mortar, apart from just a house. We needed to create memories, and sometimes we did that sitting around a table. It doesn't really matter what table, but we would sit around a table, and and we would, for instance, at, at birthdays, we would have everyone go around and say, let's speak something that really encourages you about your sister, and they would share, and they would speak into that person's life, and what powerful memories were made. It didn't matter where we were celebrating Christmas. We would We would take time to read the Christmas story. We would take time to pray. And many, many times at our evening table, we would have conversation. Maybe a verse of Scripture would be read. And I'd say, hey, what is it that we can talk about? What can we pray about? And so those were very special moments as we talked and shared together. There's also just the crazy moments that we have together as a family. And we intentionally did that. My wife was just a great person at instigating water fights. And and she still is. And we realized that sometimes even in the house, it couldn't always be sacred turf. We had to be prepared to get it messed up and just have some fun. And hey, can I ask you, when was the last time that you just created some fun in your home? You know, we all have heard the analogy of the tombstone, which has the birth date and the death date of the individual. And in between is the dash. Hey guys, ladies, the dash is what counts. What you put in between, building the memories that you and I want people to remember for us when we are dead and gone. And right after this next break, I'm going to come back and share with you three memories that I want to create uh, and that I'm working on that I hope my kids will remember for me when I'm dead and gone. We're going to talk about that right after this break.
3: Sim is a 125-year-old catalyst for global missions to use your skills to share the gospel and make disciples in communities where he is least known. We are convinced that no one should live and die without hearing God's good news. We have hundreds of projects around the world that many of our ministry workers are involved in. One of these projects we would love for you to get involved with is Hidden Abilities in Ethiopia. Over 10 years ago, Sim Canada Ministry workers, John and Phyllis Coleman adopted twin girls from Southern Ethiopia long after their three natural born children were grown. The twins were very premature and one has cerebral palsy. The goal of Hidden Abilities is to identify children with disabilities, assess them, link them to available services, Provide physical and occupational therapy with the goal of them entering school, if all possible. Would you be willing to support the Ministry of Hidden Abilities so children can be reached with the gospel this Christmas? Don't let this opportunity pass you by. Go to www.sim.ca forward slash projects forward slash hidden or call 1-800-294-6918.
2: Young adults are searching out who to be and how to live. Briarcrest College and Seminary wants to see them find the way of Jesus. With strategic mentorship and a safe community, Briarcrest College and Seminary calls young adults to dig in the scripture, seek God's kingdom, and find faith that lasts. Briarcrest College is located in Karenport, Saskatchewan. It's made up of a partnership of three Christ-centered, Bible-anchored, ministry-focused schools. Check out briarcrest.ca today to find out more. That's briarcrest.ca.
0: Welcome back to Open Mic with Mike Sherbino. Have a question for Mike? Phone lines are open. Call now at 800 684 2848
1: or 883-5000. Hey, we're glad you're with us uh, here on Open Mic, And as we come into the last quarter of our program tonight, we'd love to hear from you at 883 5000 And as you just heard, one 800 684 2848 4-8. Hey, somebody out there, call in and communicate with me. Let's, pr- let's practice that communicating and active listening. But hey, as we're talking about how we build into our relationships, as we're talking about what it is that we want to invest in, here are some of the things that, that, that I want my kids to remember me for. More than anything else, I, I want them to know that I have a passion for Jesus. I want to go to my grave with people knowing that I love Jesus, and I want to be known as a radical follower of him. Not someone who played it safe, but someone rather said, "Lord, anytime, anywhere, any place, I'm going to go," and that motto has helped me. A uh, long time ago, I prayed that prayer and said, "God, wherever you want me to go," and that has taken us across the country and uh, into so many different places where we've been able to share the incredible love of Jesus. Now, I'm not sure. What you're doing with your life. But I would suggest if you're married listening tonight, or even if you're a single adult, I would suggest you just say, God, I just want to surrender my agenda to you tonight. That becomes so exciting. That becomes something your kids watch and model after. Maybe to uproot and say, hey, we're going to go on a mission program, or we're going to go for at least a couple weeks and do something just out of the normal. We're going to care for people. We're not going to be narcissistic. We're going to do something where we give back and respond with the love of Jesus and people's lives? Where's your passion level? Time to increase that. And then, hey, here's the other thing I want as I'm building memories. I want my family to to know that I have an incredible passion for my wife. I want my daughters and my son-in-laws to remember that. When I'm 95 and ready to croak, I hope I hope my kids will hear me say to their mom, hey, you want a neck? And she'll say yes, but wait till I find my teeth. Okay, I know that was a lame joke. I'm so glad my wife is not listening tonight. She's actually on a plane uh, flying to see our granddaughters for a birthday party, but uh, she would... um. Yeah, she's just there with me. I want to be passionate. Hey, guys, are you still opening the door for that person that's special in your life? Maybe you've never opened it. Time to go open that door. Roll out the red carpet. Do those special things. I just uh, was at a funeral about a week ago for an incredible man who was passionate uh, he was in his early 90s when he passed away and as I listened to the stories of Harry Thiessen I, I heard his wife talk about when she was 88 he made a big heart put the 88 on their door wrote a love poem and I thought way to go Harry uh, there's a guy with passion I want to have a passion for Jesus I want to be known for a passion for my wife and I want to have a passion for my kids Uh, that they'll remember how we had fun together, how we served the Lord together, we worshipped together, and times we just did those crazy, stupid things that families are supposed to do. And you know, maybe you're saying, Mike, I can't relate to any of that. That's not what happened to me. I've come out of a broken situation. I've come out of a messed up home. But hey, regardless of what has happened, you can look to the Bible and find great examples of what it means to be in healthy relationship. So here are some rules, some healthy rules for communicating. Alrighty, if you haven't, I know we don't like to write things down. And hey, this is a radio program, so you're just listening. It's just easy to be kicking back there. But if you were to pull out a pen right now or maybe pull out your phone and just to jot down some things, I'm going to give you five quick things before we conclude the show tonight that I am convinced will revolutionize your relationship. It revolutionizes whether it's with your your spouse, your husband, your wife, whether it's with uh, your partner, your relationship, your involvement at work, you name it. This is going to rev- These are healthy rules for communicating. Here's the first one. It goes back to what we talked about so early on in the program, and it's simply this: speak up. There's the first one. Speak up. The person who said that silence is golden was very misinformed. You know, marriage counselors estimate that half of the cases they see involve a silent husband, and often when a spouse says what is wrong, you can reply with nothing, but to say nothing when there is something wrong uh, is wrong. We give ourselves false comfort when we hold back by not communicating with our spouse. I remember Terry saying to me one day, how can I know what you're feeling if you don't tell me? And sometimes you might be thinking, well, if I really tell her, if I really tell him what I'm feeling, it will hurt him. And it's just going to take too long to unpack it and to change it. That is nonsense. You're going to miss the dynamic of having a rich relationship if you don't learn to speak up. And here's the second one. Are you ready for this? I'm going to date myself when I say this, but don't save emotional trading stamps. How many of you remember trading stamps? I vaguely remember my mom collecting stamps. And if you collected enough stamps, uh, then you could get discount on certain foods. You know, when you collect and you'd hold on to them. Maybe you go to your favorite coffee shop. Maybe it's to McDonald's. And what is it? If you go seven times, you get the eighth one free. And you collect those little stickers. Well, it's the same thing. That in a relationship, if I remain silent and not communicate then I trade. we're trading emotional trading stamps. Just mention a person's name. If I'm letting things pile up inside of me about this person and you say their name, and then I just can go off on a tangent. We do that with people we hardly know, but we also do it with people that we profess to love. and And we have a list. and And on that list, we're keeping track of all the mistakes that the person has done. So if I'm keeping a list on my wife or my kids, then I'm not going to want to be engaged emotionally. And see, what happens when a marriage breaks down? It breaks down because there's poor communication. And when there's poor communication, there's there's a bad sexual relationship because you don't want to give yourself emotionally to that person if you're hurt by them, if you feel they're always been insensitive, they're always pushing and demanding their rights. So if I'm saving up all those things inside of me, you know, it's just like my partner will never have a chance. My wife will never have a chance. If I'm building up anger towards my kids, they're not going to have a chance. And if you're a kid here today and you're mad at your parents and you've been listening to it, and you might be a kid, you know, you might be 25, 35, 55, and you've been storing stuff up, it's time to go and deal with it. Hear what God is saying to you. So speak up, don't save those emotional trading stamps, and prepare the setting for a disagreement. Remember we talked about that verse in Proverbs where it says, uh, there is a room, through knowledge its rooms are filled, Proverbs 24, verse 3. And you need to find a room, you need to prepare the setting for a disagreement. Uh, If I do something next week on the whole issue of conflict and resolving conflict, I'm going to talk about the importance of choosing a place where you're going to address the issue. You see, God's word has much to say about self-control. Have you ever noticed that when someone gets angry, their voice rises, and they don't care who hears or what they say. But when you set aside time and the right place to talk about an issue, you're less likely to blow up, and your children are less likely to hear it, and you're less likely to have regrets. You know, as I said earlier, one of the greatest gifts my wife has given me is the way in which she has confronted me. Never once in public or in front of our children has she attacked me or put me down. And that's what the Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians 13 when it says, Love always protects. Now, here's the fourth thing in these five rules uh, for communicating one was speak up, don't save emotional trading stamps, prepare the setting for a disagreement, find the right place where you can talk. Say, hey, you know what? Tonight we got to get alone quietly, and we need to talk this through. But here's the fourth thing. Attack the problem and not each other. You see, when I attack the problem, I allow my wife or whoever it is I'm talking to not to feel defensive. It's so easy in the midst of a disagreement or conflict to do a lot of verbal damage. In Ephesians 4 verse 26, it says, don't let the sun uh, go down in your wrath. It says, don't give the devil a foothold you know, remember that old cop show, Dick Tracy? Maybe you've seen the movie. He says, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. You know, my anger or your anger issue will quench the work of God's Holy Spirit in your life and the life of your family. Attack the problem. Don't attack the person. Don't say, you always do this. Say, honey, this is the problem that I see. When you do this, I feel this. When you continually come home late, I feel like you dishonor me and disrespect me. You would not be late for any of your appointments. And I've gone out of my way to do this or that, maybe prepare a meal or to be ready to do something. And I, I just feel like I'm second rate. Or maybe you're the wife and you need to listen to what your husband is saying. Maybe you've just kind of tuned him out and you feel like he's always nagging. You need to stop and say, why is that happening? Wow. Here's the other last thing. Watch what and how you speak. As we wrap up tonight, I want you to think about what Paul writes in the book of Ephesians. He says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. You know, tonight as we've been talking, I've referred a lot to what and how we speak. You know, marriage is all about walking your talk, watching your talk, and living your talk. And you know, here's some tips for talking, the timing. Is it the right time? You know, it's always right to speak a word of encouragement. But when is the right time to address those tough issues? Think and plan about it. Then do it by invitation. Do they really want my knowledge? A lot of times my kids have just said, Dad, I just need you to listen. And then think about the potential. What's the impact of what I will share? Is there going to be a lot of debris to clean up? Hey, I hope you've enjoyed the program tonight. And we'd love to hear from you. You can connect with me at mysherboneau.org. There's a place there where you can find an online mentor to help you in your journey of life. And if you don't have a church, we'll love to see you tomorrow at ten o'clock at North. Thanks, Thanks for tuning in to open Mike with
0: Mike Sherbano. Join us again next week right here on WDCX as we impact people globally with the love of Jesus Christ.